Amen. Thank you, sir. Well, what a blessing to be here this morning. We're glad you came to worship with us for a little while. You'll be turning in your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 8. We'll be reading there in just a moment. As Brother Bobby said in his prayer about the blessings that's already been felt here, we could go home without the preaching and still say it's been good to be in the house of God this morning. I noticed especially as a uh, Sunday Delight sang, they sang a song that corresponded with our message this morning. And uh, I trust that all things will work together to bring honor and glory unto the Lord and encouragement to His children and enlightenment to those that aren't His children. If you found your place in the book of Luke, chapter 8, if you'll stand with us, please, we'll start reading at verse 22. And it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. And as they sailed, he fell asleep, and there came down a storm of wind on the lake. And they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the raging of the waters, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wandering, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Father, we thank you again this morning for your provisions that you've given unto us. Lord, for the strength to stand and proclaim your word. Father, I pray you'll give us honesty of heart and clearness of mind. God, that your blessed Holy Spirit will be able to apply the truths of your message to each heart that sits in this place today. Father, go with us and help us, Lord, that we might always do that which would honor and glorify him who loved us and died for us. For we pray in his name, amen. I want to speak this morning on battling in the storm. This story is told not only in Luke 8, but also in Mark 8 and, and uh, pardon me, Matthew 8 and Mark 4. And I remember several years ago when we were still over in the old auditorium that God laid this similar message on my heart. And I remember entitling it, Going Through the Storm with Jesus. And God had given it to me in the early parts of the week. The congregation was quite a bit smaller than it is now, and all week I worried because I understood God never sends a message that he doesn't have specific people in mind. And I worried and I thought about, is it this family or is it that family, and what could be coming into their lives that, they need a message like this. And uh, I never got an answer. And I went on that Sunday and preached the message. And the next week, I found the answer. That was the week I had a heart attack. 
God had meant the message for me all along. But I'll tell you, it's still true this morning. Jesus still goes through the storm with you. All of the children of God that are sitting in this place this morning is either about to go into a storm or they are in the midst of a storm or they're coming out of a storm. Never was words any truer inspired of God than those that he gave to Job. Man's days are few and full of trouble. You know, as Sister Vonder sang that song, I thought, she said, I'm getting kind of homesick. And I tell you, the more wicked this world gets, I get more homesick. But this life is full of storms. And we just have to learn to deal with them. I want you to notice that these disciples, these followers of God, that's what disciples mean. They done exactly what God told them to do. Verse 22 says, Jesus said, let us go over to the other side. And then it says, and they lodged. No questions asked. No arguments given. No excuses sought for. They lodged out. Because Jesus said so. Sometimes, you know, when trouble comes as it did to these individuals, the storm began to rage and the uh, the waves began to roll and the ship began to toss. And Jesus was asleep. Now, I've wondered why sometimes he went to sleep and I can only come up with maybe two prospects. One of them is that he had a body just like we've got. And that body needed food and that body needed water and that body needed rest just like our body does. And perhaps he was just resting the body. But another thought is maybe he was testing the faith of those disciples. And perhaps both may have been true. And I know that sometimes when we pray, it seems like Jesus may be asleep. I want you to know this morning, he's never asleep. He never goes on a vacation. He's always available. But it seems like sometimes, he just seems like he's asleep. I remember on an occasion or two when I'd pray, and it, you know, you can almost tell, well, not almost, you can tell, when God is listening. There's been a time or two in my life when I prayed and it seemed like my prayers were just hitting a rock wall. And I remember one time when that happened and uh, I began to question God why it was happening and I won't go into all the story, but eventually he said, this is my business, not yours. But these men began to get into trouble and they... Uh, they couldn't find Christ. He was in the hinder part of the ship asleep. And uh, they were experienced, many of them were experienced 
seamen. They were sailors. They were fishermen. They knew how to weather storms. And I can imagine they used all their experience. and They used all of their effort to try to keep the ship under control. But the Bible says the water began to come into the ship. And they were in jeopardy. What does that mean? They were about to lose their lives. Here they were, expended all they knew to do. And still, they faced a time when they said, Lord, we're going to perish. And when we've done all we know to do, and we're ready to give up and throw up our hands, then that's God's convenient time. And that's exactly what they wound up doing. They went to Jesus. They awoke him out of his sleep. And they said, Master, don't you care about us? Don't you care what's wrong with us? We're about to perish. And that's the wisest decision that they could ever make. They went to Jesus. Now, I don't know when we go to Jesus, I don't know what his answer is going to be, and neither do you. He doesn't always do things exactly the way we want them done. You know, there's been some times when I pray, God do this, and he started working it out in a way that uh, scared me, and I'd have to back up and say, Lord, let's back off a little. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever been there. But I'm saying God always listens, God always has the answer, and God's always able to supply the need. But we don't know what His perfect will is. And we need to get to the place where we can simply trust Him. We can simply have faith in Him. We can simply believe what that He says. And so after all hope was gone, they came to Jesus. And uh, Jesus, you know, I saw a side one day. And it said, Jesus is the answer. And somebody wanted to know, said, what's the question? And I said, it doesn't matter. Whatever question we have, Jesus is always the answer. And he may not always answer the way that we want him to. But I can tell you, I'd rather go through the storm with him than to go through the storm by myself. I want to share a verse of scripture with you this morning. In my opinion, it's the hardest verse of scripture in all the Bible to believe every hour of every day of every month. Most of you can tell me what I'm going to say. Romans 8, 28. For all things, good things and bad, all things work together for the good of them that love God. And to them 
the called according to his purpose. Of course, the great question in that, in that is, do I really love the Lord like I ought to? Do I really do what God commanded us in the first great commandment? Do I love the Lord with all my being? Is He the supreme love of my life? If so, all things work together for my good. And we don't, you know, Paul said we see through a glass darkly. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever done this, but back, I started to say back when we was poor, but that was yesterday and today. But back when I was younger, and the sun would go in eclipse, and we'd get a piece of glass, and we'd build a fire, we'd put that glass over the fire and smoke it, and then we could hold it up and look at the sun through the glass darkly. And Paul said that's the way we see as human beings. We only see a little bit of the picture. But God sees the big picture. And God understands that our time here upon this earth is very short. I was reading just last week, I believe it was, maybe the week before last. What is your life? It is even a vapor. It appears for a little while, and then it's gone. But you know what? In my lifetime, I've been out there a few times, walked along the side of the valley of the shadow of death. And for some reason or the other, God has called me back. But I realize there is coming a time when the storm's going to rage. And God's going to say, Son, I'm not going to calm the storm. I'm just going to rescue you out of it. That's exactly what he done for Lot when he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. He didn't stop the judgment. He just rescued Lot out of the judgment. And so storms are going to come. And God help us that we might be prepared for that. Those disciples began to cry unto Jesus and their, their cry was earnest and sincere. And when we cry to Jesus and our hearts are earnest and sincere, He will hear. And He heard those individuals as they cried out to Him. And He arose and He spoke to the wind and the wind listened to his voice. He spoke to the waves and they calmed down. And man, I love this part. It said, and there was calm. How many times we've gone through physical storms in our lives, I couldn't begin to tell you what Storms might have been in your life. It may have been a sickness or an illness. It may have been a financial storm. It might have been a storm of disagreement with friends or families or whatever. But uh, storms come in our life and there comes a time when we cry out to the Lord in sincerity and there's calm. 
And isn't that wonderful when there's calm after the storm? And God brings calmness and peace. And peace is one of my most favorite subjects. This world has never known peace in all of my life. And I'll tell you, he will never know peace until the Prince of Peace comes back. But the child of God can know peace. Let me share with you something I've shared with you before on many occasions. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says, Therefore being justified by faith. That's salvation, amen. Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. I can go home tonight and lay down upon my bed and know that again as Sister Wagner sang, if I don't open my eyes tomorrow morning, I'm still going to be all right. I'm still going to be blessed. Because I've been justified in the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'll tell you, there's another portion of Scripture that's precious to the child of God. Found over in the book of Philippians, chapter 4 and verse 7. And the peace of God. See, Paul said in Romans, the peace with God. Now he speaks about the peace of God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. How can individuals who are going through a storm remain happy and peaceful and joyful in the midst of a storm? Because of the peace of God that is sovereign. Sovereign means he's always in control. Things get out of control with us. But they never, never, never get out of control with God. I remember people getting excited about things, maybe worried about their children or something like that, and they walk and they wring their hands, and they worry, and they cry, and they wring their hands. God has never wrung his hand. Because nothing's ever been out of his control. The peace of God that passes all understanding. And here in Luke chapter 8, Jesus commands the winds to abate and the sea to calm. And he overcomes the natural, the laws of nature and brings them into his, his subjection. And these synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all records the story. And in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 26, Jesus says to those, to those disciples, Why are you fearful? Oh, oh, ye of little faith. Why are you so fearful, oh, ye of little faith? Then he says in Mark 4.40, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? 
And then the probing question that he asked here in Luke 8, 25. Where is your faith? What happened to our faith? Why is it so weak? Why does it seem like we don't have faith sometimes? Because we get our eyes upon circumstances and we forget that God is still in control. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4, let me just turn over and read it. Pre-adventure, I might misquote that. I don't think I would, but I want to be sure you get this. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. You say, well, you pray and what you ask for doesn't happen. God has different ways of answering different prayers. I'll tell this story and then I'll close. I read the story of a young lady that had always tried to serve the Lord to the best of her ability. She tried to read her Bible often and pray and attend church and win souls. and She just did all she knew to do to please the Lord. And her brother got sick, and he was suffering. And she went to the Lord and said, Lord, would you heal my brother? And that night, her brother died. And she went to her pastor and said, Pastor, I'm quitting. I've done everything I knew to do for God. And I asked him to heal my brother and stop his suffering. My brother died. And the pastor said, you think your brother's got any health problems this morning? And she said, no, he went to heaven. He said, do you think your brother's suffering this morning? Oh, no, he's got a perfect body. And the pastor said, that's exactly what you ask God for. Sometimes God answers prayers in a way we may not agree with. But I'm glad when the storms come, and they will come, there's somebody there that loves us to go through the storm with us and has the ability to calm the waves and steal the winds and give us calmness of soul. This may not mean much to you, all the trouble that's invaded my life, especially over the last year, I can still stand this morning and say it's still well with my soul. It's still well my soul. I'll ask you to stand if you would please, piano player and song leader come. Brother Bob, if you'll get on my right, Brother Mac comes to the center, and Brother Van on my left. I've asked these men to come in case somebody needs some spiritual counseling. If you are here this morning and you don't 
know the Lord as Savior and you'd like to know, they'll take the Word of God and show you how you can become acquainted with Him. The altars are always open. We want to invite you to come. Several people have already come this morning. We're glad to see them move. But don't let the devil cheat you now. If, he, if the Lord tells you again, you need to go back, don't say, I've already been. Maybe you might say, well, you know, I've been going to church for years, and I've never been to the altar. This morning would be an awful good time to start. The devil will give you an excuse not to do what God wants you to do if you'll listen to him. And I trust you'll decide this morning you're going to listen to God as we sing.